Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. In this episode, I interview Natalie McGee of Yogi McGee Expeditions to find out how she started her business, why she started her business, and how she keeps on going. Listen in for a little bit of inspiration and insight in what it takes to get your business off of the ground. Hello, everyone. I am so excited today because I am meeting with my good friend, Natalie McGee of Yogi McGee. And Natalie's going to share with us her amazing story, just of how she got to where she is. And I'll give you a brief background of how I know her. Um, I was teaching at a studio in town. It was she at the time, or maybe it was even seasons back then. But I remember this really cute girl being in class and you would come with your two friends, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I remember one day talking to you in the locker room and I'm like, you should really think about being an instructor. You're here all the time. You're doing all the things. You should be an instructor. And at the time, correct me if I'm wrong, Nellie, you were a flight attendant yeah. and you were a promotional model at the time. Yeah. I, model. yeah, I did promos for Miller Lite. Yes. Miller yeah. Lite girl. <laughs> yes. I was a Miller Lite girl. <laughs> I love it. So, but she was be, be doing the workouts and I was like, well, you might as well just be an instructor. You're here all the time anyway, but that's how I know her. And so I've seen her evolve from that version of Natalie into motherhood. We had babies around the very same time, um, into an entrepreneur who has launched an amazing, which seems to be successful business. And I'll tell you why I say seems as we get into it. Um, and I would say you're probably on like, from where I can see you. I want to say like Natalie 3.0. Where would you say? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, I'm, I've come a long way from the platinum blonde hair and Miller Lite days. So <laughs> I have come a long way from there. Yes, yes. So that was in, a 2.0. <laughs> yeah. In your words, can you tell me like, how did you get here from that girl that I saw oh on the yoga mat mm-hmm. ready for wedding? You were getting ready for yes, your- yes, yes, yes. How'd you get from point A to here? Oh my gosh. Well, yeah, that was kind of the the segue. I wanted to get in shape for my wedding. And um, and that's kind of why I joined the gym to begin with. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it just kind of evolved. Like once um, I think you and a couple other people had mentioned, you know, being an instructor and I just thought about it. And I finally put myself out there, there and did the yoga teacher training. And it just totally, I think my passion for just going to yoga and going to spin and stuff in general it was so contagious. So other, I started bringing other friends in and coming and joining the gym and I really liked teaching. Um, and then from there, it just kind of evolved to, you know, I was using yoga and everything I learned in the gym to hike 14ers and people started to see, yeah, that I was like going out and doing all these things and they'd reach out and they were like, Oh, I want to join you hiking. And so I take other people hiking and things like that. And I think once enough people, I remember, 
talking to Donnell, I think, you know, the instructors there at Chi, and she was like, people should be paying you to hang out with you. Like you're too, yeah. <laughs> like you're too busy. You don't have time to be taking all these people up their first 14er and hiking. Cause, but it was just my passion, you know? So I think, uh, I just segued my passions into a business because people just saw what I was doing and they wanted to join. And it's like, okay, maybe I should start charging for this because I have a, a market. I love that because you basically fulfilled a need. People had mm -hmm. a need and a want and desire to go do these mm -hmm. things. I'm not going to go mm -hmm. do that on my own. I'm going right. to get lost. I'm not going to know where to go. Right. You have that. So that's brilliant. I also love the fact that, you know, a lot of what I do is aesthetic based. I do what mm -hmm. I do because I want to look a certain way. I right. am totally upfront about that. But that's only <laughs> one thing. Like, it's really cool when you use your fitness to be more functional to climb right. 14ers, to go and do all the crazy adventures that you do. What's that one adventure you do? The Via Ferrata? Is that how you say it? Yes. Yes. Via Ferrata. Yep. You said it right. <laughs> oh my gosh. So yes. can you describe that for people who are not familiar with the Via Ferrata? So the Via Ferrata is, it means it's Italian for way of the iron or iron rungs. And it started um, in Italy. I guess it was a way that um, the Italians used it during war. I don't know which war when they came up with it as a way to, you know, kind of get around these mountainsides that they couldn't climb over mm -hmm. and they could traverse around these mountainsides. So there was a man in Telluride, there was an avid rock climber named Chuck Kroger, and he actually put it up uh, because he had done them in Italy and thought it would be fun. And so it was just kind of this rogue operation that these, you know, dirtbag climbers put it up. <laughs> And then, um, you know, then they had, he didn't finish it. So he died of cancer before he was able to finish it. So some of the other people in the climbing and mountaineer community finished it for him as kind of an honor to him. And anyone can go do it. Um, it's, it's mostly just traversing along this cliffside in Telluride, but uh, there's a guy, there's guide services now that take people that don't know, you know, that are too nervous to do it on their own. So that's kind of how I first did it. I saw the magazine. I was like, that looks really cool. It's just these iron rungs that you traverse across. So it's different than rock climbing where you're not like climbing up, you're just climbing sideways. And then for some of it, you're clipped in and some of it you're not. You have a harness um, that has these carabiners, two carabiners attached. So you're always attached to the iron when um, at the points that, you know, you could have slip could become a fall. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and the carabiners are special because it's got a bungee attached. So a normal, you know, a normal climbing thing, you, um, it, it would pull you tight, right? So this, you want a little spring. So if you fell while you were attached to it, you, you wouldn't just like jolt and, you know, get whiplash essentially. Mm -hmm. So you kind of bounce there. So I did that in Telluride and it's just so much fun because you're just traversing along these iron rungs and you can see the whole valley floor and, oh. uh, and, and you're using your yoga because it's a lot of like, you know, oh my gosh, you know, one step at a time and you got to really pay attention to what your hands are doing, what your body's doing, because if you take your focus off that, you know, it, the consequences are 300 foot fall to the valley floor. So wow, <laughs> you and you know, <laughs> hearing you talk about this, Natalie, it's, it's really fun for me to hear because we've never talked about this stuff mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it's so apparent that you've done the research, you know right. what you're talking about. Um, right. When you lead a group through the Via Ferrata, do you mm -hmm. have a guide with you as well? Or can you guide? Yes. Okay. Yes. So I, since, um, since the groups are so big that I bring to Telluride on my retreats, mm -hmm. I hire uh, the San Juan Outdoor School and they've got a bunch of great guides. And we usually have one guide for four people. And so I usually go, I've done it so many times that I usually go 
with a group that's not nervous, that wants to move faster. And then I take pictures of the other groups behind me. Um, so I kind of act as a photographer too, you know, and, and hang out with, you know, the two other people or three other people in my group. And then, um, so it's kind of nice. Everyone gets a different experience because they're all with different guides and the guides are very knowledgeable about, you know, the rocks and, um, you know, the terrain of Telluride. So everyone, and it's, you know, some male energy because it's mostly females on the right, retreat. Nice. So mm-hmm. they, they, it breaks up the female energy, you know, they get a little bit of male energy and the guides are super great and they talk everyone through it. So um, if I, you know, I would totally feel comfortable, you know, taking a friend that could do it, you know, by myself, but I would, I would not want to lead a big group because it's nice to just, you know, have the guides, you know, and they space us all out. So. Absolutely. Well, and I failed to mention like, so in case you're like, well, what is her business? She guides people on these amazing mm-hmm. retreats. It's yoga mm-hmm. and hiking or yoga and 14ers. Um, right. Is that how you would describe your retreats? Yeah, it's a, it's yoga and adventure. So and adventure. I, yeah, yoga and adventure. So I'm kind of tapping into both markets. I get the people that are avid yogis that don't really have anyone to you know, uh, hike with or uh, paraglide with or do these crazy adventures with. So I get those women uh, or men, you know, I've get men sign up too. And I also get the people that are avid adventure people, but they've never tried yoga. And they're kind of the opposite. They're totally comfortable hiking outside by themselves, but they are so intimidated to go into a yoga studio. <laughs> Isn't <laughs> and, uh, that fascinating? That. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. They're like, they're, oh my gosh, you know, so they're, it introduces them to yoga in a non-threatening environment where it's like, we're all equals here. You know, we're doing yoga outside. It's, it's nice because the people that are avid yogis, it kind of knocks them off their game because it's like, there's yoga outside and there's mm-hmm. bees buzzing around and their mats get dirty. And you know, the terrain is uneven and there's rocks under their mats and they're just like, it, there's distractions. One time we were laying there doing a supine twist and this girl was like bear and there was a bear on top of the, the hill and everyone's like, oh my God, you know, and I'm like, okay, well, we're done. <laughs> Namaste. Namaste. We're getting off here, you know. <laughs> I love so. that because you have to really live your yoga. You can, mm-hmm. anybody can be peaceful in a quiet yoga room with soothing right. music and lemon and lavender towels. Right, right. But what do you do when there's a bear? Right. How calm are you then, motherfucker? Right. <laughs> are you gonna get up and bolt? You know. Oh like, my god. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah. everybody's yeah. in a little bit of place of vulnerability. Yes. Yes. And I get a lot of uh, people that come to me that are, you know, have gotten out of abusive relationships. Mm-hmm. Some people have gone through a breakup. Some people have gone through a divorce or had miscarriages. You know, I'll get people that email me that you know before the retreat they've had, you know, a miscarriage or something. They haven't even told their family or their friends, or some people have just found out they're pregnant. Their, their whole world is going to shift or after the retreat, they have a miscarriage because of some circumstance. And so it's all different people from all different, you know, kinds of junctions at their life. And I joke, like you come on my retreat and your life will like drastically improve (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, after it because they, you know, they'll come solo. And, um, I had this one girl that came solo and she almost left in the middle of the retreat because she just got like intimidated and she felt not seen. And she felt Mm -hmm. like she wasn't getting enough attention. And I kind of picked up on that because I saw her like carrying her backpack out to her car. So I was like, Oh, we should check on her. So one of the other girls checked on her and then I checked on her. And then she, you know, we talk every day now, but she was saying after the retreat, like she just got done 
quit smoking, you know, and was trying, she had kind of lost her passion though for the outdoors and that retreat kind of kickstarted it. Now I see her doing all these adventures with the Boulder Hiker Chicks and different groups and things like that. So some of these people have, you know, gained weight, like they've had kids or they're in their thirties or forties and they've gained weight and they just stopped doing hiking and what they love. And it kind of reignites their passion for, you know, health and adventure. Oh, wow. That's fascinating because I don't think people understand sometimes the challenge of teaching a yoga class to a diverse group is one thing. That's an hour of your time. You don't have to create connections necessarily with people amongst themselves, but when you are on a three, four, five day retreat with a group of people, you have to make sure that everyone is seen and taken care of. And that's a big responsibility, Natalie. How How do you navigate that? Um, you know, it's, it's difficult. Sometimes I know going into it, the people that email me the most are going to be the most needy, Mm -hmm. um, or the people that are coming solo. I try to make sure like if we have a meal that I, you know, switch who I'm sitting next to at every meal, or if I see Mm -hmm. someone kind of, you know, by themselves, I, I go talk to them and I check in on them. And that's exactly why I bring an assistant, you know, because sometimes they're not comfortable talking to me, but they might talk to my assistant. So I try to fluctuate between the groups or spread myself out. And sometimes I spread myself, I think thin and mm-hmm. it's hard because everyone wants a piece of the teacher. And I feel like they might leave, you know, like, oh, they didn't get enough time with me. But I also try to impart on people like this is not just the retreat. This is, you know, you're getting to know me now, but you can get to know me after the retreat too. Like now you, you know, have my number, you can text me, you can send me memes on, you know, Instagram or whatever, you know, yes. we can continue be, to be friends, you know, even if we didn't get all that time together. So it's, I try to make sure I spend a little bit of time with everyone, especially the people that come solo, because sometimes I have people and I can tell they're there with their friends and they don't really care about me. You right, know? No, they, they have the girls weekend or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I respect that too, because I've worked with other instructors on yoga retreats we work together and they've gotten very offended that like, oh, that group's not coming to yoga or they didn't come to this or that. And it's like, they're having their own experience and you have to respect that too, you know? Yeah. It's one less thing to worry about. That's like a check off my box. Go for it, sisters. Have fun. Yeah. So how, what's the largest group that you will take? Um, I think I try to limit it to about 25, I think is the most I've had. And that includes me and an assistant, a photographer. So I think 21 to 22, I think 20 is probably the biggest it's hard to manage after 20 you know um just because it's so so such a diverse group of people you know and I do want to make sure everyone gets seen and I hate I have had to turn people away before because you know it's not about the money all the time it's like I just can't take more than that and take care of the whole group so yeah it's it's admirable because you want to keep the integrity of your product yeah you, if you mm-hmm. let it be 30 people, it, it's a totally different experience. Right. So I right. think that's fantastic. Now, as you were starting your business, what, what obstacles did you start to face? I think the hardest part for me was that it's finding a, a market group because people will say that they want to you know, go hiking with you or do a 14 or with you, but then you start charging them money and, Mm -hmm. you know, your friends don't necessarily want to pay to spend time with you. (laughs) Right. (laughs) They don't want to pay to do your program. Or I've had friends that I've flat out asked them like, why have you never come on my retreats? And they're like, I would rather spend time with you, just me and you. They don't want to share me. Mm -hmm. So it was hard to find a market, especially like, 
you know, I could find some people in the yoga studio, but I knew that was another challenge because why would they spend four days with me on a retreat when they could come to my class for $20, you know, and get to enjoy me that way. So it's kind of hard to, um, I think initially to get started to like, how do I find people that are going to pay me to come on these retreats? Like I'll get a lot of people who'll say they're going to do it, but how do I prove that I'm worth what I'm charging? Absolutely. And you know, I, luckily I've seen the growth and I, I know mm-hmm. what you do in preparation of your retreats. I know how much work you put in on the back end. So mm-hmm. I know it's worth every single penny, but it is hard mm-hmm. to get people to buy in. I mean, right. Yeah. They don't, they're paying for your expertise. I mean, did you hear Natalie talk about the Via Parada? She knew names <laughs> and history and like, wow. So what did you do to, to overcome that? Um, I think the first thing I did was I started a Facebook page for Yogi McGee. I didn't even have a website at this point or anything like that. And I just started, you know, I advertised in yoga classes. I made flyers and, you know, just talked about it. And then I remember putting it out on Facebook, you know, creating an event. I think that, you know, I'm doing this yoga retreat and I always say, you know, for things like this, you only need three or four people because then they'll tell their friends and they'll get people to sign up. So one of my husband's uh, friends from Michigan for my first Telluride retreat, she had actually seen I was doing it. She hadn't met me, but she was into yoga, wanted to come to Colorado. So she signed up and brought two friends. Um, and then I had a couple girls from the yoga studio, you know, like signed up and then brought a friend. So, and I think you, you guys had just, you had just done a retreat in Costa Rica mm-hmm. and, um, and I was friends with you on Facebook and I don't know, you had shared my post about my retreat and mm-hmm. a couple of the girls had come off that retreat. We're looking to do another one. Yeah. So they signed up at your recommendation. So it's, it's kind of, I think in letting your friends know too, like, you don't have to pay to sign up for my retreat, but if you could just share this on Facebook, (laughs) if you could just like this post, you know, if you could just tell your friends like that is just huge because you never know just because you can't do it doesn't mean someone else might not be looking for that. And I think that's how it started. And then it it just became, once I had that first retreat and I had pictures from it, then it really sold it because that's what I knew. Like the pictures would sell it. Well, and I would say that is a huge differentiating factor for you. Natalie mm-hmm. has, you mentioned her talk about her photographer. It sounds like yeah. you have also learned photography yourself. Yes. So yeah. you know, you're going to walk away with those pictures. Everybody wants pictures of themselves. Oh yeah. Yoga, climbing things. I mean, it's cool. Everyone does. And you give that. So is that, how is yeah. that included? Is it just part of the package? So yeah, originally when I first did my first retreat, I brought an assistant and I gave her my camera and I said, here, take pictures. And I did that for a couple retreats until I started to realize that it was putting a lot on my assistant to ask them to make breakfast and help manage the group and take pictures. And sometimes the pictures weren't the best. So (laughs) so one of my retreats, I was looking for a, um, one of the girls who was actually coming was like, Hey, my husband can take photos. And I had seen his photos and they were great. And so I thought this is an amazing thing. So I had him come along. She had already booked a a queen bed. So it was perfect because he could come with her, wasn't taking up any extra space and I already had an assistant. So that's kind of how it started, um, bringing a photographer and an assistant. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to find a photographer because you have to find someone that is a kind of a hobbyist photographer 
not really a landscape photographer because they're not really interested in taking pictures of people, but they're not so big that they want to charge an arm and a leg because I try to do a trade. So it's, it's like, okay, can you come and you can get this amazing experience and, and take photos for me and this would be great. And then you get this retreat in return or, you know, you know, I'll pay for their meals and things like that. But it's like, how did I find, how to find someone that's not a wedding photographer and elopement, but wedding photographers are great because they can manage crowds. They know how to take pictures of yeah. big groups, but they also charge money and they're busy and I get it. They don't want to do my retreat when they can book a wedding, you know? But I so think people tough. need to understand too. The reason you're not wanting to pay for it is because you can't drive up your cost because then you have to raise the price of your retreat. Right. So right. yeah, you could charge $10,000 and have right. this badass photographer, but right. you know, you can't, it's, it's hard to sell right. spots at that price. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. All see all these little things, all but things. you know, have you read, um, Marie Forleo's book, everything is figure outable. No, but I, that sounds amazing. <laughs> it's so, so great for entrepreneurs because, you know, as you grow, as you scale, mm-hmm. God, how many roadblocks are there? I, I want to do a podcast. Yeah. I don't know how I need a photographer, but I don't know how you yeah. it's figure outable. You just have to figure out a way to do it. Like, did right. you, Natalie, you were a Miller's girl <laughs> and a flight attendant. She didn't know about running no. retreats. I didn't know anything about business, what to charge, yeah. I mean, anything. <laughs> it's like you just, you had that passion. Right. And you right. just kept going. So do yeah. you ever have times when you're like, because you're also a flight attendant. Yes. yes. But are you part-time with that now? Part-time. Yeah. So part-time. So I only have to fly 75 hours a quarter. So about 25 hours a month or about two, three day trips a month. Okay. So. Do you ever have times when you're like, no, I cannot do the retreats anymore. I just can't do it. Do you have days like it's that? It's usually, yeah, it's usually after like a, a bad retreat. I don't, I mean, there's no bad retreats, but sometimes when I come home mm-hmm. and I just feel so drained and I felt like I put 110% in and some of yeah. my participants weren't happy or, mm-hmm. you know, I just, it left a bad taste in my mouth or the group didn't mesh well. And I come home and I'm just like, wow, was this worth being away from my family? And, you know, this was a weekend in my summer and this took away from my friends. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm, and you see the numbers and like how much you made versus like, was that worth it? You know? Yeah. So there are times when I'm like, what if I just stopped, you know, all of this and yeah. just said, I'm done, you know? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. um, and life would go on and there'd be other people that would do retreats and mm-hmm. people would find other retreats. But, um, yeah, so I definitely have those days where I'm like, oh, I don't know if this is worth being away from my family, you know, Mm -hmm. but you're still doing it. So when you've had those times, Mm -hmm. clearly you've made the decision. Yes, it is worth it. And what, what is it about it that makes it still worth it? I mean, I think it's worth it. Then when I go on the next retreat and I'll have, you know, someone come up to me in tears, just like, thank you so much. You changed my life like this, you know, and they'll tell me about this moment that they had on the retreat that to me was so insignificant. I'll give you an example. Uh, We did a bike ride on one of my Telluride retreats to a brewery and we just rode, we rented bikes and we rode there after yoga and we had beers and we rode back home. And, um, and I think it was that night or the next night, I think it was the next night, this girl came up to me and I just met her on that retreat and she was just in tears, just like bawling, telling me, she was like, thank you so much much. She was like, I, when I was little and growing up, we grew up in this mountain town and me and my family would ride bikes. And she's like, it was the happiest time of my childhood, just riding bikes with my family. And that was what we'd always do. And she's like, and I haven't been on a bike in forever. She has kids. She got busy. And she's like, 
she was like, I was just bawling on my way biking home. Like, wow, I missed this. This is so amazing. Like it just took her back to her childhood. And it's like, oh my gosh, like you are making a difference. You know, mm -hmm. like you gave, you didn't give this person that memory or the bike ride, but you gave them an opportunity to reconnect with part of themselves that they had totally just forgotten about, you know, and, and the scheme of life. So like things like that, or people that tell me like stories like that, it's like, mm -hmm. oh, this is worth it. You know, that's totally worth it. Mm -hmm. Wow. That connection that you can create with someone. Right. Right. Um, I wanted to ask you too. I understand how challenging it is to run a retreat. I've done retreats, but Natalie, I've done yeah. two and I needed two years <laughs> off. <laughs> it takes a lot of energy. At least every two years. <laughs> like the but, super moon. <laughs> right. Totally. totally. <laughs> how do you, how do you come home and recharge? Because I know uh, that you also have a seven-year-old at home and you have a husband and you've got dogs. So yep. how do you take care of yourself when you get home? Oh my gosh. You know, I think what really helps me, well, first of all, I told my husband, I kind of like it when I come home and him and my daughter are not home. Uh -huh, <laughs> of course. Because mm -hmm. they're at the door and they're in my face and I kind of like coming home and having some time by myself or, you know, stopping by a hot springs or something on the way home. And just having that me time, I need some time to decompress from being around everyone because as extroverted as I am, I also need my little introvert time. Yeah. So I, um, but I honestly planning when I get home from a retreat, how I recharge is I'll plan an adventure for me and my family, you know, where it's oh. like, okay, now I can hike at my pace and we can do what we want to do. So I think planning an adventure that's just totally centered around us as a family and uh, having our own thing or trying to plan retreats around our family adventures really helps me out because it's like, okay, now it's our time, you know? Mm -hmm. What I love about hearing that Natalie is like, this truly is your passion. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, you coordinate all the retreats and everything for mm -hmm. people that are paying you, but this is what you love to do. I cannot right. keep up with you. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't know how you find the time to do all of it, plan it and take your kids and do the things and have the food. That's a lot. It is a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. But that is what fills you up. Yeah, it's what it is what fills me up adventure. And, um, and to me now with social media and, and Instagram, and I feel like that's part of my business to me, I, I look at it as too as creating content. It's like, Oh, I haven't, you know, I need more content, I need to go out there and do stuff. So it's, mm -hmm. it's also a part of my brand, I feel like I have to be out there constantly, because otherwise, I'm not, you know, um, I'm not showing people that it is possible that you can always have an adventure, you know, even if it's just a weekend adventure, a day adventure, a few hours. You Absolutely. Know? Well, I mean, that's just kind of like me with my business. If I didn't take care of myself, I wouldn't, mm -hmm. I mean, that's not living up to your purpose. So this right. is what you're doing. Right. Yeah. Have you always been this way? Have you always been into adventures? <laughs> like growing up no. in, Alabama? <laughs> in Alabama? In Alabama? No. I used to be like as outdoorsy as I got was drinking on a patio. <laughs> That's right. That is right. I wore high heels and full makeup. I wanted to be Paris Hilton. Like I was totally... I dated a guy who was totally into rock climbing and outdoors and camping and I hated it and I complained and I didn't like it. And that's part of the reason why we broke up. And I was never outdoors. I moved to Colorado and I just thought, oh, you know, I loved Colorado, but my husband, Chad, was actually the one that he took me up my first 14er and it, it took me hiking and showed me all these places. And I'm like, wow, this is so beautiful. So he really got me into adventure. And then I just kind of 
took off with it. But yeah, in Alabama, I really didn't, I didn't like the outdoor. <laughs> yeah, I no, like I know that. I just wanted to tan and lay on the beach, you know? Right? What do you think it was? Like, what is it? How did you make that shift? I think, I think that make, you know, as I matured, I think I found something else to just fill my cup up rather than just laying on a beach. And it wasn't so appearance focused. Um, yeah. You know, I remember going and doing a retreat in, um, in, where was it? Nicaragua. And we were surfing and I was like, wow, I've never been in the water this much. I'm usually laying on the beach, like drinking mm-hmm. a drink. I've never been in the water. I didn't know that you could have fun, like in the water, like surfing on it. Like, this is so cool. Yeah. Um, and it's just a different way to, to challenge myself, I think, you know, now. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, when I first moved to Colorado, I didn't know anyone. So mm-hmm. I used to go hiking to get rid of my roommates because I didn't <laughs> like them. So uh-huh. I just, you know, would do these little hikes and I think it kind of just became my escape, you know, yeah. from being home because I, I didn't like to be home because I didn't like my roommates. So. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. I think I, I texted Natalie the other day because I finished reading this book, which I keep talking about called Brainwash and everybody needs to watch yeah. it or listen to it or read it. And beyond like what you're offering, everybody mm-hmm. needs to get outside more. Like mm-hmm. we are not outside enough. We're not breathing fresh air enough. We're not getting sunlight enough. We're not moving enough. Right. And your retreats are like the ultimate way to unplug. Right. Because you, I mean, you're not going to have your laptop with you. Yeah, you'll have your phone or whatever. But I mean, do you guys even have service in the places that you go? Sometimes like the, some of the retreats I do, we don't have service. And Mm -hmm. I warn people, you know, in advance, like you're not going to have service. You're not going to have Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. Some of them like Telluride we do, but I notice people are on their phones way less. You know, they're looking at each other in the eye. They're sitting Mm -hmm. there having conversations. If they're using their phone, it's just to take pictures. Mm -hmm. Um, And some purposely unplug, even if we do have service, they're like, I turn my phone off and it's off the whole weekend because their lives are so busy Mm -hmm. and they know themselves. And they're like, I can't even turn on my phone. So it's Let's so great the best time. <laughs> because that is really what we're lacking is mm-hmm. even though we are so connected, we don't feel that connection, real connection right. with people. Right. So you get like the trifecta with right. a retreat with you, sunshine, yeah. movement, connection. I right. mean, it's yeah. like, sign me up right now. <laughs> and to be honest with you, like I, I am trying to get us, to my, my groups to do a retreat with Natalie, but I can't get my act together. I haven't been able to, to get on the books early enough. Because yeah. you book out like a year in advance, right? Yeah, I try to book, I try to sign all my retreats up a year in advance. Um, I find I get the most momentum after I've run a retreat. So I try to just have them pre-planned because mm-hmm. people are seeing the photos. They're feeling like FOMO is real. Like people feel yeah. the fear of missing out. They're like, oh my gosh, that looks amazing. I want to do it. I want to sign up mm-hmm. and I'll sign up right then. And I may get a few stragglers, but um, I try to, you know, launch them all year out. And it gives a lot of people time to plan. And for some people, they're like, oh, it's a year out. That That's too far. I can't plan that far ahead. And I get it. But, you know, to me, if I got a wedding invite and it's next June, I'd be like, okay. I mean, I'm either going to decide that day I'm going to go or I'm not going to go. Right. And I just look at the calendar and say, yep, okay, I'm going to go. And then, you know, I make that happen. And I think that's another thing too. People these days are so, it's hard for them to commit. So you're also asking for people to make a commitment a year out. And a lot of people are, they they have a hard time committing to something, you know, (laughs) they do. Absolutely. They do. Like they're afraid something else might come along, but Mm -hmm. you know, it's like I coach people with priorities. You have, if you want to get something done, you have to put it on the calendar. You can't just say, I'm going to go work out 
okay, when are you going to go work out? Right. Well, sometime today. No. Okay. When? Like at 12 or at two or one? Tell me when. Yeah. Because if you don't write it down, you don't plan it. It's not going to happen. And then another right. year is going to go by and I missed yep. another Yogi McGee retreat. Right. Yeah. Which is exactly <laughs> what happened this year. Swear to God, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. It's like, you have to plan these things. So I want to talk about Instagram really quickly because you, yes. you are active on Instagram. Like you said, you have to be because that's it. a huge yeah. part of your marketing, social media. Yeah. Um, and it has to be like everybody, we have to use social media to market. Right. What yeah. are your tips? Like, let's say I was just starting a new business mm-hmm. and I was like, Oh, I don't want to bother people. I don't want right. to put myself out there too much. What would you say yeah. to me? Oh my gosh. I, people have to feel connected to you in order to trust you in order to buy something from you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, why do we buy from the Girl Scouts? Because it's so <laughs> iconic. It's like, you know, I just think you see those. Little we don't even want our, their cookies. <laughs> you don't even want their cookies, but they're so cute. And yeah. just, you associate the brand with cookies and with a good feeling and you're supporting them. So I feel like you have to, you have to give people reason to like you and, it, and you can be very public, but also very private. I was watching something with Gary Vee and he was talking about, he's the most private public person. You know, you mm-hmm. don't have to talk about your whole life story to get people to like you. You know, you just have to talk about your, you know, maybe your struggles. Some of the, some of my best posts that people relate to the most are like, man, I didn't want to go, you know, for a hike today. And I did it. And people are like, wow, i I was feeling the same way, you know? Mm -hmm. And so just being real with people and authentic, I think that's the key to your business, you know, um, is getting people to trust you. Mm -hmm. And then you don't even really have to promote what you're selling because people will seek you out. Like I see your, I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, beauty counter. Like, cause I just see you using it. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. but not even the posts we're using. I'm like, wow, Kylie's skin looks great. Her Mm -hmm. makeup looks great. You know, you're just, Mm -hmm. you're living your brand, you know, you don't even have to sell it because you're selling yourself, you Mm -hmm. know? Absolutely. I think you have to put yourself out there. Well, and we were talking about this before we hopped online. If Mm -hmm. you were acting in an inauthentic way, you would attract Mm -hmm. the wrong type of person. Right. Right. And then you're going to be stuck in the woods with this person who you have nothing in common with. Right. Like you're not doing yourself, in my opinion, any favors by being anything but authentic. Right. Yeah. You um, want, you know, I want, I, I want people to sign up for my retreats because they want to adventure with me and get to know me and also have this experience. I don't want someone that's, that uh, doesn't feel connected to me because they're going to come on the retreat and maybe not have uh, as good of an experience or bring other people down. And I do get a lot of people from Instagram now that come that they don't know me, but they feel like they know me. And so, um, (laughs) you know, which is amazing. Dude, have you made like any friends on Instagram? Yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah. It's so bizarre. I have two good friends on Instagram. Like we've mm-hmm. talked via zoom and I'm like, yeah. I can't believe I, I can't make friends in real life. I make right. friends. <laughs> yes. Yes. It, like say what you want about social media, but for me, yeah. it is definitely a tool for good. I mean, we need to watch mm-hmm. our usage and, and all right. of that and set parameters, but yeah, it's such a great way to connect. And it, for someone like you, or someone like me or anybody out there that wants to start a business, mm-hmm. this is your golden ticket. Use right? it. Yes. Cash it yes. in. Yes. And don't be afraid, you know, I think social media too, I to reach out to other people. Um, I 
got invited on a retreat that this girl was hosting. She's like, this is my first retreat. And it was just one night and I was able to make it. And she's like, oh, you've inspired me. And I just want to invite you on this retreat. And I think she does that with a couple other people just reaching out. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, I get a lot of small businesses that reach out to me. Hey, I just want to put my product in your hands. So I think that's another way you find people that you follow, that you respect and you, mm-hmm. they don't even have to have a big following, but you get your product in their hands or, you know, you invite them to come on the retreat mm-hmm. or whatever. And you get that, um, you can build that relationship that way too, so that you can get your business out there by just putting in the hands of people that you think would align with your brand. And it really is about creating those relationships. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't consider myself a salesperson at all. I don't know if you (laughs) consider yourself a salesperson. No, 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 I can't do it. (laughs) Yeah. But in reality, we're selling, you know, um, people need to purchase what, what we have, but it's not Mm -hmm. about that. It's about creating that, that connection. Um, do you ever, do you ever worry about anything on social media? Like, oh, I shouldn't post this or I don't know. Yeah. Um, I definitely, I, it was, it's interesting. I definitely had like, um, I think I'd done a post or maybe I think it was a post and it was me in the woods. And there was like that, there's like a secret little bathtub hot springs. And I did a post and you know, it's a bathtub, it's water. So just my butt sitting on it. Yes. And, um, and it was, and I was like, Oh gosh, you know, is this, am I going to attract the right people? Um, because I, and I was nervous. So anything Mm -hmm. kind of in a bathing suit or things like that, sometimes I get nervous about, um, and I will have, you know, someone reached out to me that was like, Oh my gosh, I would never, I could never put a photo of myself like that on the internet. I'd be too worried about what my husband would think. And I'm like, my husband took the photo. So, right. you know, it's fine. Um, but I, <laughs> so I do worry about, I'm very careful. I don't talk about political beliefs on there. I don't talk about, um, you know, all the hot button topics, I think Mm -hmm. even, you know, even stuff where I feel very passionately about it, I try to understand that I have a wide array of followers, and I want to respect all them and respect their opinions and their beliefs and everything like that. So I try to be careful. I know sometimes I'm going to ruffle some feathers. And sometimes it's okay to ruffle feathers. It's worth it. Mm -hmm. It's worth it. But I also, you know, I'm very cognizant, like to be respectful of people. So I do try to be careful of what I post on there. Yeah. So that's so funny. I know. I'm sure people think that about some of the pictures I post, but I'm like, Pat's taking my pictures too. He's like, that was a good one. I love that one. But you know, you bring up a really great point. Um, What you do takes a lot of time takes a right. lot of energy. Yeah. Do how does it work at home? Like is is Chad supporting you? Is it mm-hmm. a struggle sometimes cuz I mean you and I live parallel lives. I know how it is right. in my house. What how does it work for you? Yeah, I mean when I'm gone on my retreats, I think my husband is definitely like he's a little jealous, you know, that I'm mm-hmm. out there and I'm having fun. He knows I'm working. He's been on several retreats. So he's seen me in action and he knows how much work it is, but he also knows that I'm having fun. And what we've had to establish is when I'm at my retreats that I set aside a time to send him an email or give a phone call because he just wants to see, be seen of like, Hey, I'm doing the work at home. I'm pulling the weight while you're not here. Yeah. And so our biggest fights have come from when I'm non-communicative mm-hmm. when I'm on my retreats. And there's been somewhere I don't have service and he knows that. And I tell Mm -hmm. him and there's no, but for him, it's like, if I have time to take an Insta story, you didn't have time to call me. 
So it is important that I set those parameters of mm -hmm. keeping in touch. And then I notice he's a lot happier when I come home from my mm -hmm. retreats. Yeah. And also trying to not, um, the week-long retreats are the hardest. So doing the international ones, when I was doing a couple of those a year, I think those were really hard, especially now that Charlotte's older. So it's, I try to limit, you know, the amount of time that I'm gone on these retreats because they do wear on him. And I, I have yeah. to be aware of that. It, it wears on the, on the whole family because mm -hmm. you work from home. Right. You're planning at home. I don't know what your office situation is like, yeah. but it's, it's tricky. And I don't really believe in a work-life balance personally. And I right. didn't come up with this term myself. I think it was, <laughs> um, gosh, was it Tony Robbins? But he calls it work-life integration. Oh, I like that. So, you know, how can I integrate my partner into my business? How can I integrate my son into the business? Right. Because so you're never going to have equal parts. Time. Right, right. Right. You're going to spend more time working. That's just the way it is. So how can you make right. the time when you're with your family the most valuable? And I think you right. do such a good job of that because you guys do on those family adventures. So right. cool. <laughs> you did try and plan a family adventure retreat, right? I did. Yeah. I, you know, anything that has been brought up that people are like, oh, you should do that. Then I'm like, all right, I'll do it. And I did try to do a family retreat, you know, in Panama where everyone could bring their kids and things like that. And then the feedback I got was um, that it was, it was too far. It was like a five hour bus ride or, you know, it's a private bus, but down yeah. to the place in Panama and they have babysitters and stuff, but people didn't want to spend five hours on the shuttle with their kids, which I get after a flight. And, um, and then a lot of people don't want to bring their kids on a retreat. Like they just want to come without them. And that, that's that me. I'll be honest. Them. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to come and they're like no why would I do that and so I I had this idea of a great family retreat and and um I think it's just not there yet I think no. people just don't want to do it no. but <laughs> you know what retreat or best yeah retreat. I mean it's, no. it's all learning right mm -hmm. what other yeah. lessons have you learned oh my gosh don't uh, don't take anything personally because really it's never about you it's never about you. And I, that's why I bring assistance too to talk me off a ledge because I'll be like, Oh my gosh, this girl is giving me the face or she's mm -hmm. not showing up to yoga or, you know, and I'll get really upset, um, with other people getting upset with me. And it's, I have to realize it's never about me. And even if they tell me it's about me, it's probably not about right. me. Mm -hmm. So de definitely not taking things personally. And my husband had a great thing one time we did a retreat in Tulum and it just it kind of went everything went south real quick and I, <laughs> oh, I, was, I like left the dinner table and I was in my room crying and my husband came in and he's like you have to pull yourself together he's like first of all you have to go out there and focus on the people that still are here because some people had left mm -hmm. the retreat he's like focus on the people who are here and he said it perfectly he's like you already have their money what do you care what they do when they're here you know, you can't be offended if they want to do their own thing. They've already paid, so it shouldn't matter. So I'm like, That's okay. That's a really good and point. Not saying it's all about the money, but it's like, no. you know, after they paid and they're there, what do I care if they don't want to participate? You know, yeah. I shouldn't, you know. No. Because they've already paid. <laughs> oh, that's huge, Natalie. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I've had people, remember we talked about it. I had people leave my yeah. retreat. It's fine. Right. It right. happens. You cannot please everyone. Right, right. You're not going to please them. You're, you're going to try your best. And mm -hmm. it's still going to, it's still going to be, you're going to have people that are not going to leave happy. Yeah. Well then to kind of wrap up our, our, our conversation today, I, I want to ask you, so 
you, you could view that as a failure or a lesson, mm -hmm. but, um, how do you deal with a situation like that? Cause I know you've had other like hardships. How do you mm -hmm. personally deal with those things? Like a situation, like where, you know, everything's kind of going to crap. Yeah. Like you would call it like a failure, if you will. Right. Right. Um, you know, I think I learned, you know, I learned something from, mm -hmm. from every retreat and I try to parlay that into another good experience, you know, a learning lesson, like, okay, well, this didn't work and this didn't work. And I try to be very honest and upfront with the people and just, you know, admitting like, Hey, I'm human. I'm sorry. I didn't come. I didn't check out this venue ahead of time. You know, I, this wasn't, you know, this, uh, this was not what I expected either. And I think mm -hmm. if you're just empathetic, um, with your guests and yourself, you know, and just have a little grace for yourself and be like, okay, this was not my best moment. This was not my best <laughs> retreat. Um, you know, I'm sorry about it. People will, they will forgive and they will, you know, move on. So. Absolutely. But nothing has ever caused you to, to stop. I mean, you have been put up against that wall, but you still right. keep going. Right. Cause there's always, you know, I, you know, you learn better and you do better. So it's mm -hmm. like, okay. I always joke that on the retreats, I had some girls that came on my very first ever Telluride retreat and they came back a couple of years later. And I said, I'm so glad you guys came back because I learned so much more from that first retreat. And I wish everyone would just come back again and like try it again because I've learned so much and it's going to be better, you know, come back. Mm -hmm. And I've offered, I had a girl fracture her foot on one of my retreats and, um, and just from hiking, you know, twisted her ankle. And I yeah. said, I'd love for you to come back and you know, your spot is for free. So things like that, that happen, I want people to come back and have a different experience. It's like, I don't want you to leave, you know, feeling sad or upset, you know, what can I do? But I also try to tell my retreat people to tell me at the retreat what's wrong so I can handle it then. Because mm -hmm. if they go home and they didn't tell me, it's very difficult for me to make it better. So I try to make it better in the moment um, rather than later. And then some places just didn't work out or the retreat didn't work out. I'm like, I'm never going to do that again. <laughs> you know, I'll just right. do something different. Mm -hmm. Well, and you know, so one of the reasons I started this podcast is to, again, broaden people's perspective as to what is possible. And mm -hmm. people have started to do what Natalie has done. And I think right. great, right? I do believe <laughs> Natalie, you were the first, one of the first people to do this. Yeah. Don't you think so? I like to think so. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Not a lot of people were doing it when Natalie, right. if anyone. And right. so, you know, people have started, but I know there's a lot of people out there listening that are like, right. I have this great idea. I want to mm -hmm. do this, but I don't know how it's going to be. And it's, it won't be perfect. I'm like, it's not going to be like, look, Natalie's right. are 10 times better now than they were three years ago. Right. You right. have to get those first ones out of the way. Yep. You got to just, gotta just start. Yeah. Just do it. <laughs> you do have to just, just start. do it. And, and if that's you, why, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Natalie. Oh no. That's why you, you, you price your product or your retreat or whatever it is low to begin with. And, and it's like, well, you know, and then you start pricing it higher Mm -hmm. the more knowledge you gain so that if people don't have a good time or don't like your product, well, they're not out a lot of money. And I don't think the value should be a, what you provide should be in accordance with the price that you, you know, hundred charge. <laughs> you charge more than what you did three years ago. Correct. Oh yeah. When I, my first retreat was like $350 yeah. and now it's 825, you know? Yeah. So I charge more than what I did three years mm -hmm. ago. Mm -hmm. that this is people need to understand like that's what you're paying for you're paying for the time and the expertise not right. just like the actual thing 
Right, right. Um, um, so one last question. Let's say I am that person. I have this great idea. Yeah. I need to start this business, but I don't even know where to start. Like, what would you say to someone? I would say the first thing that you need to do is find yourself a mentor. I think that that is invaluable, finding someone that is in that field that can mentor you, mm -hmm. especially if you don't have the money to pay for a consultant mm -hmm. and just ping pong ideas off them and see what they would do. You know, if it's someone that's running retreats or making their own jewelry or, uh, you know, selling essential oils or whatever it is, if you have your own business idea, find a mentor in that field that's a specialized person and, and just start picking their brain about it. And I think that's huge because they're going to offer invaluable insight. And, um, and oftentimes, you know, they it's free, you know, you don't even have to pay them for their, for their time. You know, obviously you, you should, if you, you know, you can yeah. seek that out, pay for it, but it's like finding a nutrition coach or, a, mm -hmm. um, you know, what you do a coaching, it's like, you can do it on your own, but you need someone to be there to also tell you like, that's not a good idea. Or, you know, maybe you should go in this direction <laughs> or maybe you need more focus, you know, hone mm -hmm. in. So I would definitely say find a mentor and whatever it is that you want to do. Awesome. And they will help you. Well, I just have to say, like, since I've seen you from, you know, platinum blonde, <laughs> getting ready <laughs> for that girl. wedding to who you have become and what you have created, it's very inspiring. And that's why I wanted to talk with you just so people can also be inspired by what it is that you've created. And it's possible. Like, this is possible. Can you believe right. you have this life, Natalie? No, I, I would look at someone like myself and be like, wow, that's amazing that, you know, you were able to make what you're passionate about, make money off of it. Like, I remember just, the, we, I was taking, um, I, we were talking to one of the guides on the Via Ferretta and they take people, they were talking about taking Natalie Portman and her family on a hike, you know, out in Telluride. And my husband goes, who would pay someone to take them hiking? I'm like, me, that's my whole <laughs> business model, dad. <laughs> people pay me to take them hiking. And I'm like, if you would, you know, that was always my dream for people to pay me to take them hiking and show them outdoors. I would have never thought that was possible that people wow. would pay me <laughs> for that. I tell you what, I know I'm, my head is just like a running Instagram quote <laughs> board. So pardon like my regurgitation, but if that dream is in your heart, it's possible. Yeah. Just start right. doing the things for it. I just want everyone right. to do the things they want to do. So that everybody's right. happy. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And we need more creatives in the world, I think. Absolutely. There's not enough. Yeah. There's not and enough. People like you showing us what can be done. We don't have to go to that job that we hate from nine right. to five or eight to six every single day. Right. You don't right. have to stay just a flight attendant when right. it's so hard to be away from your family. So right. cool. Yeah. Thank you so well, thank much, Natalie. This is such for a treat. Any oh my gosh, thanks for having me. So I, I will, can't wait. Oh my god. I'm gonna let everyone know um how they can find you on Instagram because you are yeah. Yogi McGee on the Yogi gram. McGee on the gram. Yeah. What's your website? Uh yogimcgee.com. Yep. And you have, I'm assuming, a handful of retreats coming up. Yes. I have uh one in Telluride in June, one in Telluride in September. Um, one in your Ray in July that's already sold out. And then I have Iceland in August and uh, Yosemite in September. So, and, I and I'm sure they will all sell there. out because you're amazing. I, I hope so. I, I'm ready for the next wave of people to meet. Yeah, here <laughs> we go. All right. Well, thanks again for your time, Natalie. You're amazing. Thank you. you have a great day. You thanks. too. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.